for I think literally like a week and a half or two, so I apologize that it's taken so long. And it is the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet review. I, however, I played Pokemon Scarlet, and I want that to be made clear because obviously there's some differences in terms of like Pokemon you can catch, and then like the professor themselves and some of the buildings because it's supposed to be like in the future, and Scarlet's supposed to be like a past representation. Um, so yeah, I just want to make that clear. And this isn't like a IGN review or you know another uh, gaming outlet review. This is a review from a Pokemon fan who's been playing the franchise for tw- over 25 years now. Um, so it's not like meant to be biased. I do think there is things that need to be very clear and critiqued. However, I want to be brutally honest as well because I don't think the game is as bad as people are trying to make it out to be. And hopefully I <laughs> wrote down those examples because I actually did write uh, stuff down here. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to be doing this. So... I've been a Pokemon fan, like I said, since Red and Blue came out, and I've had, you know, I've played those games countless times. Um, so, and, uh, you know, I'm really excited to, you know, talk to you guys about Pokemon Scarlet. The last thing we talked about was, you know, Legends Arceus, or Arceus, and then also uh, Shining Pearl and Brilliant Diamond. So, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into this. Because I think at this point in time, these games' life cycles and the franchise life cycle. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm like looking down at what I wrote. Um, but yeah, so there's going to be no sugarcoating on anything. It's just my honest opinion. And however, like I said, I don't think it's as doom and gloom as everyone makes it out to be. Now, when this game was announced, I was happy to get a new region. You can hear our uh, Pokemon Presents reactions with uh, Brian and Brandon. Shout out to them for always doing those. Um, so you can always hear our reactions when things are announced. And then obviously now you're going to hear, uh, my final thoughts on my, uh, you know, full on gameplay here. So when the game was announced, I was happy to get a new region and to explore, to explore that region with the same Pokemon I love and then some new Pokemon. Um, so to be able to like invest in something like that and, you know, be able to explore in a region and tackle new, a new Pokemon league and, you know, I, that's pretty much all I want from the franchise at this point is new stuff to do with some of my favorites. That's just kind of where I'm at as a fan. I know everyone has a massively different opinion, and I think that's awesome. Uh, but that's kind of where I stand with the franchise. Like, I just want region forms, maybe Mega Evolution to come back because I just think it's a really fun gimmick. Um, and then more post-game content and new areas to explore and new stories to experience with some of your favorite Pokemon. I think that's all they need to focus on. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, we'll get into the Pokedex later on because I do have some opinions on that. Um, so yeah, I just want new places to explore. That's pretty much where I'm at. And new challenges, and then in your new stories, I think that this game delivers on that in some aspects. I really do. So we came out, and I won't lie to you, I was really excited after seeing some leaks, you know, and then some potential leaks. Um, so there's a ton of like designs being thrown out there for leaks of Pokemon, and uh, a lot of the designs weren't close, I would say, but the Pokemon themselves and what they were supposed to be, I'd say people are pretty accurate, but I do want to be clear that this is also a spoiler review. I have 115 hours of playtime in the game. <laughs> um, so needless to say, this is what I've been playing <laughs> since, uh, it came out in November. Um, let's see, uh, 
Uh, sorry, I'm like reading what I put and I was doing a voice to text when I was writing the first part of this uh, review and it, it's utter dog shit. But uh, I honestly do believe like Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is the best mainline experience that we've had since black and white in terms of uh, con, you know, story content, but also the Pokedex itself. I think, um, you know, I think we should start off with a, with a, uh, the bad, um, before we get into like what I think is the good of the game. <clears throat> and, and I think what, what, what takes away from the game, in my opinion, is that the performance is chalky. Um, you know, as Brian said on the, one of the previous episodes we just had the sun flora and that one town with the windmill, uh, the grass gym leader, like you can literally see the Pokemon go to like two frames a second. The windmill itself go to literally one frame a second. And it's just a bummer because it's both, you know, the game being held back by the hardware, but also game freak, not doing the, uh, like literally the best they possibly could to make this game run as good as possible. Um, no matter what, some of these issues are always going to be there. Um, I don't think you can completely fix all of it because of the system is running on, but I think uh, a lot of this could have been, could have been alleviated. And I think what's, um, what I think what's a bummer is like most of the issues I run into now when I play the game, if I like explore the region, it's all at the beginning of the game. It's like the first two towns. It's like the first area that you explore. And I'm like, wow, this is a, I don't know how they didn't like, you know, think of this one through. Um, so it's definitely unfortunate that like the, the most performance issues I've ran into and I not, I can only speak for myself, not everyone else are literally in the very first area. The first hour of the game had the most issues I encountered throughout my entire experience. So I think that leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth and it's unfortunate because I hope people pick the game up and saw it through because I definitely think it's worth their time. <clears throat> but I do also think, um, in terms of the, like the performance of Pokemon games, it's it's gone downhill since they've gone to like 3D models and the more chibi style instead of the 2D overworld style. <clears throat> uh, since Pokemon X and Y and Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, like ever since those games, like they've they've had terrible issues with frame pacing. Um, I remember the double battles in those games were actually dog shit. <laughs> Uh, the frame rate would drop horribly and it'd just be really choppy and it wouldn't really make battling and, you know, double battles, um, enjoyable, which is some of my favorite ways to battle because of the strategies that you can have. Um, however, uh, Pokemon let's go is actually pretty good. That's also made by game freak. So it just seems like they kind of don't know where they want to land on, you know, the performance of their games. And it's, it's really unfortunate for me. Um, uh, let's see what else did I put. I think uh, Let's Go for me was good. Um, let's see, Game Freak, Sun and Moon, Ultra Sun and Moon. Yeah, so those games had issues too with the double battles. Um, the Z moves, you know, those would have some issues in um, Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon. But yeah, there's just areas in this game where they're choppy. There's um, videos on Reddit where you've seen characters, you know, glitch out. Or if you're in co-op, like the other person's <laughs> trainer, like, sinks through the, the level. Um, I didn't run into any of that. So one of the things I keep saying, and I've said it a couple episodes now on the podcast, when you have an open world game like this, uh, it's just like Skyrim. It's just like Elden Ring, Oblivion. Um, so many of these open world games, Breath of the Wild, um, your people are going to run into issues all, all sorts of ways. Um, and it's not going to be prone to one person specifically or everyone specifically. It's, it's going to, uh, there's going to be a variety to it. And I just feel like no one's, 
really taking that to account. I'm not like even trying to defend the developers necessarily, but like some of these issues are things that all these major AAA games have had over the years in the last, you know, 15 years, I'd say between the platforms that they've been on. Um, I just don't think uh, we've perfected it yet. I would say Elden Ring's probably, you know, I'm just speaking from my own experience. I think Elden Ring might be the most perfect open world experience so far that I've played. Um, if you know anything else, let me know. But, uh, you know, Skyrim, I barely had any issues when I played originally on the Xbox 360. But as I've said, you know, like I just said in the last couple episodes, um, people had a wealth of issues on their, you know, platforms. So, um, <clears throat> Yeah, so uh um some of the some of the textures look like blocks and shit and then there's issues with those, but that's also scarlet and violet, you know, like like some of the textures of the walls and stuff, they look like Lego blocks and <laughs> um it is unfortunate because I think it takes like I said, I think it takes away from what makes the game really good and that's why I want to talk about it now. And um you know, I just think it's unacceptable. You know, it is like extremely unfortunate. Um, cause I feel like anti-aliasing and more, you know, frame pacing could have benefited this game a lot. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, um, you know, I just feel like, uh, there should have been more QA testing here, you know, the quality assurance, you know, to make the quality of life of this game better for everyone. But, um, I think this game could have used another three months in the oven in terms of like updates and just making sure it ran better because, uh, the biggest issue with the performance of the game, whether it's, you know, that's the biggest issue with the game, whether it's dropping frames and, you know, the Pokemon, the characters not loading in correctly, or the areas themselves just looking horrible in the distance um, and just kind of, you know, taking people out of the experience with the technical issues. So, and then, like I said, the problem I have is that it happens right away when you start the game and when the first major areas you go to, so the first hour to hour and a half of gameplay if you play consistently as where I honestly ran into the biggest issues in terms of like frame drops and just overall less, a less pleasant experience. And I think it's such a shame because once you complete the Academy, you know, the first section and they allow you to choose a path, you know, whether you go take out the Titans, you know, and solve the mystery of the Herba Mystica, or if you go down the path of the Pokemon league, um, once I chose that path, you know, once I started doing like whatever I literally wanted to, the game ran really good for the most part. And I chose like the desert path and all that. I had almost no issues at all. Um, in fact, I think the game crashed like twice in my playthrough, and that was pretty much it. But uh, if you played your own game, you would know that there's a there's big issues right away. So right when consumers uh, play their game, they're going to see all the problems right away, and it's just like how, how the fuck does someone like oversee that and go, that's fine because it's not. It's a shame because a lot of people don't want to play this game because of all the issues they've ran into and the bad stuff they've heard. Like I, 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 you know, my cousin Jarrett, he wanted to play the game, but because of all the issues he heard of, he has no desire to play the game now. So in terms, you know, I just think people are really missing out and it's on a, it's a really good game in my opinion for what it is in terms of Pokemon. Uh, I'm going to sound like a little bit of an apologist, but, and it's because I feel like I'm a defeated fan. Who's like, this is what we're going to get. And they're the highest selling franchise in the world. And if I stop, you know, buying the games now, it isn't going to make a difference. Well, everyone else in the world is going to keep buying their games anyways. So if Joe Blow Ryan, so I was buying a, a new copy for every time a new game comes out, they're not going to notice that because I'll be a new fan. There, there will be a new fan to take my spot anyways. So I just think it's important to critique uh, where it's warranted and where they've done wrong. And I think that they could have done better with this. 
um so yeah hopefully um game freak hears this and yeah so there's definitely things missing in this game and we're definitely going to be talking about um some of the things that they could have brought back in terms of features and looks like I wrote that down already, but I'm not, um, <laughs> um, uh, don't do voice the text. I recommend not doing voice the text. Um, Jesus, I don't understand. One second. I am so sorry. Um, yeah, I'm just going to skip to the story. Uh, there's like a whole part I wrote that I feel like doesn't make sense. So yeah, anyways, the story, so it is your typical story Pokemon, you know, it's your typical Pokemon formula, you know, you can defeat all eight gym leaders and then go challenge the Pokemon league. But there is actually like, you know, an academy that you can go to and you can take classes and learn some things. The director um, shows up at your house at the beginning of the game to introduce himself give you your Pokemon and set you on your path to the Academy. Um, <laughs> I'm afraid to say that I never went back and experienced this. I just didn't, I, I didn't think it was like legit. I'm going to sit in class and, you know, learn from a teacher. Um, so I might go back to experience that just for the hell of it, because I, I do think that's pretty cool because they've only done things like that to the extent of like just battling a classmate, I guess you would say. And then you'd be like, Oh, you're ready to go to the next part. Um, but no, like this one is like, you're straight up in the Academy. You can go to class if you want and learn about, there is actually several things you can learn about. So I guess I'll give them that. Um, you can learn about the, the treasures of ruin, the four legendaries of that caused, um, world disasters. Uh, you can learn about the zero, um, area zero or the zero gate, the crater in the middle of the map. And then they teach you about the urban mystica and typings, so there is actually stuff you can learn. Um, but I have a I made the decision to run off and do whatever I wanted. So I bounced out of there. Once you save your cover art legendary and head to the Academy and stop team star, you're given the suggestions to either start your own gym. As I said earlier, start your own gym challenge or face off against the Titans. And then later a third option to also take out all the team star bosses. So technically there's three stories within this game. The first is your traditional gym challenge with a rival. Um, also battling you on your way to the top and her name's Namona and she's cool. Um, the second is to take out the Titans and find out the mystery of the urban mysticas with your new friend. Who's just trying to save his Pokemon boss. Jif. It's one of the, his, his dog Pokemon's injured. So that was like really cool to see that story where a dude's just trying to, uh, save his Pokemon's life. So that's pretty cool. And the last is taking out the team star by bosses and finding the leader of the team. <laughs> and the director goes undercover and cause it's obviously him. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously it's a kid's game, so they're not going to like make it, they're not going to invest too much in the director, you know, trying to pretend to be someone else, but it was funny as shit to me. I don't know why. Um, but once you complete the gym leader battles and you go defeat the elite four and become champion, Oh, I'm sorry. And the champion, you don't become the champion right away. You have to finish the ultimate Academy challenge, which pits you against, against, uh, a randomly assorted group of trainers, but your first one, no matter what, will be against Nimona at the end um, to become the champion of the region. Upon doing this first time, you'll face your rival, as I just said, and after defeating her, you'll become the champion of Paldea. If you have everything completed from gym badges, team star bosses, and the titans, you unlock the final chapter of the game, which tasks you to investigate the center of the map 
um, Area Zero. You form a team, which is you, the rival Nimona, your Titan buddy Arvin, and the team star leader Penny, uh, plus your cover art legendary. Once you're together, you'll go through a gate and enter the first facility. There's no way down, but on the back of your legendary. Once you land in the first area, you're immediately treated to a wonderful soundtrack and ominous landscape that's nothing like Game Freak has done before, besides maybe um, Giratina's World and Platinum, but I actually never played that game. Um, so I think I might have missed out there. <clears throat> At least for me, it just hit different. No, seriously, like this area is really cool. The crater is massive with multiple levels and research station, stations to explore. And then once you get to the research stations um, and you continue to f- get more story from the professor, you can actually use teleporters to go across the uh, uh, stations. But they also act as checkpoints on your journey that you can later teleport to, as I just said. As you make your way down to the lower levels, there's a wealth of strong Pokemon to encounter and capture. There's also a Paradox Pokemon, and for Scarlet, the first one being Screamtail, a bigger and frightening-looking uh, Jigglypuff, all the way to a prehistoric Salamence called Roaring Moon. However, Roaring Moon doesn't show up until you completely finish the game. Um, on your Zero Gate adventure with your buddies, I think you just see uh, Screamtail, uh, Mistrevious's uh, Fluttermane, and then Don Fan's Great Tusk. I believe those are the only ones you see until you beat the game and then you see the rest of them. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, like I said, you can, after finishing the main quest, you can only you can only obtain a few select few Paradox Pokemon. You'll have to come back after completing the main quest to obtain the rest. So, once you make your way to the bottom of the crater in the caverns, you'll find the last destroyed research station being guarded by your cover art legendaries um, opposite. So, there's there's two Coridons and two Maridons. So the Coridon that you've helped out and you've been using as a, a mount the entire game and then another one that's really powerful. Um, so you have to take them out and then once you, and then you enter the facility by yourself while everyone splits up and like tries to defend the area, I think it was, or something like that. Um, sorry, I did that like I think a month ago now. Uh, let's see. You'll find the professor to your respective game who reveals they're actually an AI of the original professor who died long ago and set up this AI program to get someone down to help. For me, as a 29-year-old Pokemon fan, this was huge. <clears throat> to very obviously let you know this person is dead and it's the parent of one of your companions. <coughs> Excuse me. As you can tell, I'm like kind of sick, so I apologize for that. <clears throat> Um, so yeah, Arvin's mom, you know, cause Scarlet's the female professor, uh, is dead. Yeah. She died, uh, through her research and <coughs> might have to pause the podcast. And, uh, I just think that's huge. I mean, I may be exaggerating, but for a Pokemon game, this was a big deal to me. I'm going to pause and, uh, get some water. Anyways, I am back. Sorry about that. I had a weird cough. Where was I? But, uh, yeah, to me, it says that the developers aren't afraid to tell these kind of stories moving forward, and I hope it stays that way. The AI professor walks you into a room covered in crystals and basically starts this meltdown of the facilities, and then you have to defeat the AI professor and basically make them self-destruct, or they will destroy the zero, or they will keep the zero gate open. And, uh, you know, more Paradox Pokemon will be able to time travel as a whole, which will uh, essentially ruin the ecosystem. So you have to defeat, uh, like I said, defeat the uh, professor. While doing so, Arvin realizes that their parent is dead, which is wild to me. Uh, But yeah, once you battle the professor and defeat them, 
and the other legendary Coridon uh, for my game. Everyone smiles, high fives, and you save the day. <laughs> um, but I do believe this story um, is great for combi- you know, and combining all three of the um, story arcs into one arc. Um, you know, between doing the gym challenge for Nomona, becoming champion, defeating all the Team Star bosses who were just kids that got bullied, and need to go back to school. Um, you know, with Penny joining you, and then Arvin helping him out with his Mabashif and the Herba Mystica, um, all just like coming together to basically save the world. <clears throat> I thought it was really cool and it was really well done. Not that we haven't done this in a bunch of other Pokemon games, but um, like I said, to me, it's um, it's really nice to see how like blatantly obvious they were about you know the professor dying, this this Pokemon almost dying, and he has to save his Pokemon. I don't know. I thought it was really cool. I like the I like the dark tones and a light, a dark tones and a light kind of game like this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> I don't know why my throat's messing up right now. Um, but yeah, I, I think the the main quest for this game is great. I honestly give it like a nine out of ten. I've really enjoyed my experience. Uh, for some people, there might be a lot of talking, but for me, I thought it was just a lot of fun. You know, for a game geared towards kids, I think like this game does a really good job of telling a story. I thought that the Pokemon League itself, in terms of the building, was kind of like boring, and then uh, I thought the champion was just kind of uneventful. And then you go on. <clears throat> I forgot to add that once you beat the champion, you go on like this run to uh, do a. Uh, performance check essentially on all the gym leaders and you have to battle all of them again as well. I thought that was fun, but kind of like whatever it, it really amounted to nothing, but, uh, I would love to see this game get some DLC that adds more to the paradox Pokemon. Um, if you've seen some of the stuff out there, it's definitely probably going to happen and I can't wait to see where that goes. I hate that I'm, uh, getting all bloated all of a sudden. <clears throat> and I had to burp and cough, so I sincerely apologize. Uh, but next up is the Pokedex. Uh, I put the Pokedex for the Paldea region is incredible, and it's one of my favorite um, favorite Pokedexes since Gen Six. And um, dare I say, <laughs> probably Gen Three. Uh, between the original designs, the convergent species such as Toadscroll and Clodsire, plus the new Paldean forms and new legendaries, and new gimmick, (laughs) uh, paradox forms. This is easily, there is easily something here for everyone. I really do believe that my only issue regarding the new Pokemon and just catching them in the overworld is so many of them look the same as their shiny forms or their shiny forms look the same as their regular forms. And we don't have any audio cues, i.e. like legends art. He is where the, the shiny cue is great in my opinion, like the audio. Um, so when they spawn, you don't even know that they're there unless you notice the slight difference on some of them. Can I put to me this is a huge misstep as shiny hunting provides an infinite amount of replayability for so many players and having that cue makes it makes the hunt even more special. But I also think about the new players who don't know the difference just yet between shiny Pokemon. So hopefully through a future update they add the option to add the sound effect to our gameplay and you can toggle it on and off. <clears throat> because some people out there actually like that there's no um sound effect, which I think I find weird, but whatever to each their own, you know, I think we should have the option. Um, <clears throat> they also brought back pictured Pokedex entries for the Pokemon, which they had in Pokemon legends Arceus. Also new to the Pokedex is a battle pass. Essentially. I'm at the pause again. Jesus. Sorry. Uh, I really apologize everyone. I'm 
pretty bummed out that this is happening. I've been wanting to do this review for a while. But there's basically a battle pass um, that rewards you for collecting Pokemon. <clears throat> they give you evolutionary items, treasure, such as like nuggets and big nuggets, uh, a variety of Pokeballs from like Ultra Balls and specialty ones, also EXP candy and rare candies. And I believe it's a really cool addition to the game that really makes it makes incentivizing, you know, completing the Pokedex even more fun for some people. And I do hope they keep it. I do hope that they also consider giving out better rewards again. Um, than just the shiny charm for completing the Pokedex, like an emerald if you get 200 Pokemon. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. You actually can get one of the Johto starters. Uh, they did that with Heart Gold and Soul Silver. You can get the Kanto starters and the Johto starters. I'm sorry, the Hoenn starters. And things like that are really fun. I mean, starter Pokemon are some of the favorites from you know from fans, including myself. I'm a huge like starter Pokemon guy. So I just kind of wish there was a little bit more um, rewards for completing the Pokedex, but I do think this is a step in the right direction to have like this battle pass type experience. Um, I really enjoyed it. So I thought that was cool. Uh, the new gimmick for this game is terrestrializing. And it's when, in which a Pokemon becomes covered in crystals and can take on a new type such as dragon or whatever we decide on. If we have the crystals to change their typing, I believe it's a fun gimmick and I have no issues with it. I just love the level of creativity and Mega Evolutions added, and I miss it sometimes as far as gimmicks go. I do remember saying, though, when this game was announced and they showed off the gimmick for the first time, that I think I'd be okay with this in the future once I got my hands on it, and I really do believe I was right. You know, I I, I thought it looked stupid at first, and then once I finally like saw it in-game and utilized it, I'm like, no, this is really cool. Even, like, like my Skeledurge using the fire type, you know, like his basic fire type, just having an amplified... Um, terrestrialized torch song, which raises his special attack, just having that amplified and constantly getting amplified itself because the move raises special attack. I mean, it was, it's cool as shit. <clears throat> and then now we had the Charizard raid where he's a dragon type again. So I, there's some seriously cool things you can do with it. Like I battled online and I used an Espeon. It was a shiny Espeon that I got and, uh, I made him a dragon type for his Terra type. And so, I would terrestrialize as a, a dragon with Terra Blast and just do uh, dragon moves on people that weren't expecting it, and it worked out really well. So I think um, it's a really fun thing that you can make some match strategies with. So I like it. <clears throat> it's uh, it's not bad. I think it's better than Dynamax and Gigantamax, to be honest. Uh, next thing that's in the game that I really like to point out is Terra Raids. So they brought back raids from Sword and Shield, but things have changed ever so slightly. Now everyone attacks at the same time instead of taking turns on the team, and after three attacks, everyone can terrestrialize if they choose to. This will help you take out a Pokemon's energy shield faster if you do that, so it's pretty important that you do. The difficulty is no doubt higher here, and the rewards are great as well. I, I wish you could change Pokemon if you accidentally ready up too early, but oh well. <laughs> that was an issue I had with Sword and Shield too, so I guess I can't expect it to get fixed here. Either way, Terra raids are extremely fun, and I spent countless hours doing them. Coming together to make a new strategy for event raids is ton of is a ton of fun as well. As I said, there was a Charizard raid, so uncommon Pokemon get their much-deserved moment to shine, such as Umbreon, Azumarill, and Slowbro, to name a few. Uh, these are some of the Pokemon that were key to taking out these event raids, and these are just three Pokemon that you may not see too much in the very you know ranked and tournament competitive scene. So, obviously, they're fan favorites, but to see them be so utilized 
um, for these raids is really freaking cool. And I cannot wait to see what, you know, we do with the event uh, Greninja coming up. I, I think Claude Sire is going to be one of the best options because um, Greninja is a poison type. So Claude Sire is going to have resistance to that. And being a ground type, a poison ground type, I don't know why we're going to do that. That's not good. Because Greninja has water moves. Anyways, point is, <laughs> it's really cool that, like, not typical Pokemon are actually the ones that you need to use the most. You know, to have to be the most effective for your team in taking out these raid bosses. So, I am on board with this, and I hope they keep it up. Uh, next up is next up is co-op for the first time ever in a Pokemon game. Co-op is a lot of fun, but the game's performance is bogged down. Um, I only did it for like probably ten minutes, but I do want to experience it more. Um, I did hear that there was a lot of fun that could be had with it. So unfortunately it was something I was not able to test out a lot, but I just think the fact that it's an option makes it really great. And I've seen a bunch of videos play co-op or people playing co-op. Um, it looks like it's still a lot of fun and definitely worthwhile. Um, I just don't know what happens if you do like a gym, you know, challenge. I don't know if it just like kicks the other player out or what. But uh, in this game, there's 18 badges between gyms and team leaders. So there's a total of 18 badges in this game between eight gym leaders, team star leaders, and the Titans themselves. The Titans are fun boss-like battles from Legends Arceus, and team star battles are extremely fun and boring at the same time. What I mean by that is every team star battle is the same. You have three Pokemon you choose from your party, and you use the Let's Go feature to defeat 30 of them in a timely manner, and then you defeat the team star boss who comes out after the 30 uh, let's go battles. And then after you beat their one Pokemon, they throw out, you have to take out their engine Pokemon who I'm forgetting the name of right now. And that's it. <laughs> you win. So, and I, and the reason why I put that they're boring and fun at the same time is I believe that's because they're all the same entirely just, and then um, just like the Titan battles, they aren't different enough, in my opinion, at the end of the day. I did still have fun with them. I just don't... I think that there could have easily been more variety, and uh, there definitely isn't. <laughs> um, so I did put that there's an amazing post-game area that needs more content. Uh, so the post-game area is the Zero Gate, the crater in the middle of the region. And I absolutely love it here for training, relaxing, and shiny hunting. You really can't go wrong here. My only issue, for the most part, is that I wish there was slightly more to it. Like maybe once we defeat the professor and we're able to actually go through time and see some of these paradox Pokemon in their natural habitat. Uh, but either way, Area Zero is amazing and I'm all for paradox Pokemon moving forward with the franchise, just like region bonds and convergent species. I do hope that they kind of continue to explore this type of um, Pokemon because of Screamtail, Jigglypuff, I don't think you'll maybe see it in tournaments, but um, her HP is ridiculous and speed so i do think that there's a lot of fun that they could have with this um but uh we'll have to wait and see with the dlc um i already know some spoilers for the dlc because they're just in the game in a book but i don't want to spoil it just yet i want to actually see like maybe some confirmation and we'll go from there um so one of the next features we have is tm crafting so technical machines their single use technical machines are back and while that may sound alarming it's actually not too bad i found an incredible amount of them while exploring and now they added the feature to craft them at any pokemon center in the game all you have to do is gather the correct pokemon materials and have enough league points to craft the tm you desire i enjoyed this feature a lot as i was preparing to take on the pokemon league i actually went out and explored for the correct materials to make powerful tms for my pokemon such as Dragon Pulse, Dragon Dance, um, you know, Flamethrower, 
uh, Air Slash, I think Crunch, and then of course Earthquake because uh, you gotta love spamming that move. Um, but I like the idea of having to go out and explore and find the correct materials to make these powerful TMs because like it gave me true like role playing vibes, and I thought that was fucking awesome. So I hope they continue to add new things like this. Like so maybe maybe for a tire, right? So we got Monster Hunter Rise coming out. And, you know, I'm always talking about Monster Hunter and how it's really cool to find a monster that you love and then hunt it and then make its armor, make its weapons. So, like, what if we have enough materials from Pokemon to make um, clothing out of them, too? I don't know. I don't think it's too crazy to (laughs) pull off, but uh, we'll have to see what they do in future DLC. Um, The next feature we have, and I believe it's a key feature of the game, which is really cool, is setting down a picnic uh, to rest your Pokemon up wash them, hang out, play catch, and maybe get eggs from them mating as well. Or the new gimmick, uh, making sandwiches. They have a wealth of benefits, but the main one being encounter types and shiny rate level three. That's right. You can make a sandwich geared towards a certain type of Pokemon and and increase the shiny odds at the same time. It'll last for 30 minutes as well, which is, believe it or not, a lot of time. And that's where this Titan storyline comes in. And Herba Mystica, you gather from Teroids, Terroroids, <laughs> uh, terror, terror raids can be utilized for this specifically. It's a great feature again, and I hope it stays. Uh, character customization has gone downhill, in my opinion, since X and Y, which is crazy because that's the first game to add true customization. I get this time around we're students of an academy, but that's a scapegoat um, to me because it's unfortunate how bare bones our characters are. With new features like co-op and terror raids. Where you see each other's trainers, you'd think they'd work towards making more of a variety of attire options, but nope. Unfortunately, everyone looks the same. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. It's kind of a bummer to me, because with, with so many possibilities to make your character look the way you want them to, can't really do that anymore, uh, which is kind of boring. Because um, if you go back and play X and Y, and if you unlock everything, like there's a ton of clothing options and just uh, ways to make your trainer look really cool. So... <clears throat> I kind of miss that a lot. Uh, let's see. Uh, online multiplayer between surprise trades, link trades, and online battling. Everything worked flawlessly here, which I'm really happy about. Uh, so surprise trades are always fun. I just wish they added the Pokemon Home mobile feature to select up to 30 Pokemon to surprise trade at a time. Uh, to me, it seems like a missed opportunity because I think it'd be really cool to take a bunch of these Pokemon that you don't need and then put them in, all in a box and go surprise trade them and just see what kind of crazy stuff you get. Uh, but it's okay. Uh, link trades are perfect. Um, they've got that nailed down as that was one of their first features ever, uh, besides battling in the old games. Um, so yeah, nothing really to add here. Uh, it works great, but my next test was online battling. and I got to tell you, it was silky smooth. I did a several double battles and one, I had a really good time and it was really cool to see such a variety of teams people were using. The funny thing is my first ever battle was against a YouTuber I followed for years who does nothing but, Online battles for the most part in shiny hunting uh, named Pimp Knight. So shout out to Pimp Knight if he ever hears this. Probably not. But go follow him on YouTube. He's really cool. Nice guy from Australia. Um, but yeah, I battled him and I beat him. Uh, he was using a dragon pseudo legendary team and I, I managed to win. And I thought that was a lot of fun. But the online multiplayer functions are great. And I'd love to see them add a tournament mode that goes out throughout the day. Uh, kind of like Rocket League where there's brackets and, I don't know, you earn bragging rights, maybe customization options. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot they could do here with uh, battling and make battling more of a forefront of Pokemon again. Uh, 
but yeah so um yeah the, the that's the game <laughs> so the missing features that i'd like to see still moving forward with the pokemon games before we kind of wrap this up uh is pokemon contest uh the pokemon contest that they brought back for white 2 and then i think it was white 2 i had a lot of fun with because i think you actually like dressed up the pikachu and stuff and kind of just did more with it so i kind of would like to see pokemon contest come back i know in black and white 2 they also had like the movie mode where you kind of like made little short movies um stuff like that battle frontier uh the emerald version would love to see that come back uh pokemon world tournament from black and white 2 something i don't stop talking about battling all the gym leaders rivals champions um fuck i miss it so much <laughs> god please please bring it back um the third legendary and a story arc in regarding it and paradox pokemon which is almost assuredly in the dlc so let's we'll see what happens there um i would like to see friend safari or something similar come back and based off your friend's um switch code right so it could be your switch code that they can make um, certain Pokemon show up and then you can shiny hunt them or just catch them to have them if they're not in the Paldea region. But I also like to see Safari Zone come back if they don't do the Friend Safari and then maybe just add out of region Pokemon in the post game. I just think those are things that they can bring back and be freaking sweet. But also uh, weather systems like seasons. Um, Black and White 2 had that. They had autumn, spring, summer, and winter. Uh, I'd love to see that come back in the games themselves. I know that's kind of crazy for like an open world game to do that, but I would love to see them pull that off in the future. Um, yeah. So that's Pokemon and Scarlet and Violet. I think these games are amazing. I give the game a 8.5 out of 10. I absolutely adore it. Um, I have 115 hours in it. I just finished the Pokedex. I think I have like 30 plus shiny Pokemon. Um, yeah, the battling's fun. The terror raids are great. And I want to do co-op more. It's one of the things I want to do more. Um, but I think this game is worth your time. I think the performance issues aren't bad enough to hold you back. Um, I I like the game so much I could buy Violet right now and start playing it all over again. So that's just where I sit with the game. Uh, but that's just one man's opinion. Um, you know, I, I would love to hear what you guys think of this. And I really hope you enjoyed this review. Sorry, it was kind of sloppy in the beginning. I wrote a bunch of stuff down, but I don't. Like it just looked like gibberish. Um, so I kind of just cut that out in the, on the spot. But I, I do think that this game is um, fantastic and I think it's worth your time. Um, I had a really good time playing it. I think the Pokedex is fantastic. And I, I just think there's so much potential with the future of this franchise. And I, I love these new younger developers at Game Freak kind of like taking that realm, the helm of being the directors and producers you know, from Masuda, you know, Junichi Masuda is kind of like, you know, taking it back again, you know, to rest up and, you know, kind of just be a, be an observer. And I think that's fantastic because I think he does a good job at that. And I, you know, when you look at Legends of Arceus and now you see Scarlet and Violet, like I think the future of these games is out of the franchises in really good hands. And I cannot wait to see where we go from here. But thank you guys so much. And if you guys enjoyed this, please let me know. Please, please, please reach out to me on Instagram at It Just Works Studios, um, on TikTok at ZetaSide9. Um, it'd mean the world to me if you left a rating. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can scroll down and just hit five stars or whatever you think I deserve. Um, on Spotify, if you're listening, please give this a rating. Um, thank you guys so much. Um, I really appreciate your patience. Sorry I was kind of sick. 
and I will talk to you guys later. I'll see you in the next episode. <laughs> Bye. Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas. These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.